Hey everybody, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show is about commercial art, making a good living and making great art. That's a tough, tightrope to walk. We're going to try to figure it out together. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can find my illustration portfolio at andyj.pizza. Seriously, that is my URL. Go try it if you don't believe me. Thanks to our syndicate, Illustration Age, you can find this show at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In the Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In the Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site, It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Okay, so today we have a little bit of a doozy. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like an episode. I recorded it um, a few days ago, and I'm having that feeling of like when you go out with your friends and you say maybe too much about yourself. <laughs> like you reveal too much. Like it's a, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You're just going to have to. Uh, You'll see what I mean. I talk about uh, losing weight and comparing that to acting to change your creative career, to have the change that you want to see in that. And the idea of, you know, the, the classic, the diet starts tomorrow and how if you ever want to get anywhere, the diet has to start today. And uh, it's not really diet advice. It's, it, it is really just creative career uh, advice. Um, but, you know, it was a fun template to overlay onto the creative world. And if you learn how to lose a few pounds while you're at it, then, you know, I'm not going to stop you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, this is the person I've become, by the way. I've become the person that buys a ice cream sandwich 
<laughs> on a Saturday and partitions it <laughs> for several days. I ate, I ate an, an ice cream sandwich over like four days this week. Uh, it's so ridiculous. What a shameful existence I live uh, these days. I, I, anyway, let's just uh, move on to the episode. I hope you get a lot from it. Let's jump in. everybody I'm pumped to be back ready to be back you know I love doing the interviews and connecting with other creative people and asking them questions and just getting to meet all of uh, my favorite creative people so I love the interviews but the monologue episodes are when I feel most at home for whatever reason I'm a weird guy who likes to do this nobody knows just me some weird guy uh, you know waking up at 4 45 in the morning trying to get pumped and and taking the last bit of notes getting ready for this uh, this episode I've been <laughs> I've been uh, ruminating this morning on the topic I've been marinating in a bathtub uh, <laughs> That was the worst word to describe it, but it's true. I've been, uh, you know, just trying to get my mind in the right zone to bring this to you today. And today I want to talk to you about, man, uh, all right, hashtag tough love right now um, because (laughs) I am the worst at tough love. It is not my thing. I'm not... Obviously, if you've listened to this podcast for more than 20 seconds, which if you're still with us, you have, uh, you know that I'm a complete goofball. I don't have, I don't have the tough love gene and, uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a sweetheart. I'm just trying to, just trying to be sweet and love on people. But today's episode is going to be my best attempt to do some tough love. This is your creative career uh, intervention, okay? I've got, you know, (laughs) Dr. Pizza is here to diagnose your addiction to (laughs) to not doing the creative career that you wanna be doing. You say you wanna do this particular thing you talk about it with your friends at the bar on Friday nights as you whine about your terrible agency job or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And you say you want this particular thing, but you're not taking the steps. And I'm sure you've got five billion excuses of why you're just not in the right place right now to start making those moves. But Unless the fairy godmother shows up tonight, what's going to change? How are you going to be in the right place? What kind of magical things are going to happen so that you're in a place uh, at some point that's so different to where you are right now that you're going to be able to start making the progress necessary to get where you want to go? Even if you're uh, in the career that was your dream career five years ago, even if you've got to that place, I can almost guarantee you that there's a part of you 
that needs something new, that needs something fresh. You have this feeling like, okay, I got this far. I should be happy, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I need to explore something else, but I've already have all this sunk cost in this direction. But the truth is we're animals of growth and progress. And so there's no destination. So no matter where you are, I can almost guarantee you that you need to be thinking about where you want to be in the next two years. And so today's episode, I'm going to talk about my diet. <laughs> Look, I, I want to start by saying I don't, I'm not, I don't have an excellent diet. That is for sure. I'm not a diet expert. Uh, what I do know is that I've got some results and this isn't an episode to teach you how to lose weight. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to, I just, here's the thing. All right. I like talking about things that I'm learning, right? As you probably know. And uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you might know that over the past two years, I've lost uh, 65 pounds. And, uh, you know, I, as I've been, I, I'm always like looking for the principles and the truths. Like what, how did I break, how did I crack that uh, egg this time? How did I figure this one out? Why did it, why did this diet work uh, for me? And, you know, over the past two years, I've been really reflective about, you know, what were the things that led to success this time that were different to all the other times that I tried to do this? And to be honest, look, I'm an oversharer. I realize I don't have a surface level. It's not normal. It gets me into trouble. It makes weird conversations sometimes because uh, I can be a little bit too out there for everybody and make them uncomfortable. But, you know, I have no problem saying that. Like, I am a food addict. It's not cool. It's not sexy. It's not appealing. I have been my, uh, you know, it's a part of my family history. It's a part of um, my genes, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm naturally, you know, being ADHD, they're already predisposed to addictive behavior, like a way higher percentage, more likely to be addictive. Uh, I am super, super addictive about everything that I do. And I'm especially addictive to or addicted to food. I love food. That's why I call myself Dr. Pizza because I actually am kind of addicted to pizza. Now, uh, which also <laughs> presents a really bizarre uh, equation. Like if you named yourself uh, Dr. Beer and you're an alcoholic, like there, it's kind of a twisted thing actually. But um, you know, it was a serious thing. It was no small feat uh, to get off the pizza, <laughs> to, to, to get a healthy relationship with pizza. It was not, I'm joking about it now, but it, it wasn't a joke. It was really hard. It was really, really hard. And I was desperate to figure out how to lose weight, have a better relationship with food. And so today I want to talk about the, the mindset shifts the things that I shifted in my perspective in the way that I approached eating that made a lasting change that got results. Because when I think about myself two years on into this diet and where I am today, I kid you not, I am so grateful that I figured 
these things out two years ago and that I started investing in this direction and now I'm reaping the benefits of that dedication and action and mindset shift. I'm so grateful to be in a... Sometimes I honestly just, um, you know, I just say thank you so much that I am where I am today. Like I I could easily have been anywhere else. And so what I want to do is talk about what are the decisions? What are the mindset shifts? What are the, essentially, what are the tricks you can play on yourself, on your mind to get to the type, to the, get to the place in your creative career that you want to be in two years so you can look back and thank yourself? Because I really genuinely believe, and and 99% of the show is this, that it's about mindset. Like, I, I really do believe that when you go uh, listen to the top performers, when you dive into what it takes to be great at something, yeah, they'll tell you habits. They'll tell you, oh, this is what I do in the morning. This is blah, 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 blah. The only thing that really matters And if you dig deep enough with those who have achieved excellence, you're going to find that they figured out how to change their mindset. They figured out that it was all a mind game. Your entire life, all the progress, everywhere you want to go. The thing that's stopping you is your own mindset. And so for me... I'm always trying to find the mindset that serves me getting where I want to go. Because my natural mindset only wants to keep me where I've already been. It's actual science. Your subconscious is like Emperor Palpatine. He seems like a friend, but he wants you to be Darth Vader. (laughs) Your subconscious, your subconscious all it's thinking about, and it's the, it's the most powerful force in your life, the only thing it's thinking about is, you're alive right now, that's pretty good, let's keep doing what we've already been doing. And that mindset is not going to get you to where you want to go. And so, today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how can we approach, how can we dismantle that that mind of yours that's keeping you from where you want to go how can we get you to finally quit saying that the creative career that i want starts tomorrow (laughs) you know that uh the diet starts tomorrow how can we stop and say it starts today because it only ever sticks when you're ready to make the change now All right, so number one is do it your way. Don't do it the perfect way. Don't do it the way the experts tell you to do it. Don't do it the ideal, if everything was perfect, if my diet was exactly everything it should ever be, I would do it this way. And often when we think about changing, we think about what is ideal. And if I can't do ideal, I will do nothing. Like so many of us have the worst diets (laughs) and I can only speak to that there's no judgment seriously I 
I get food, man. Totally get food. So if you don't get food, that's fine. I, I wish I was you, but dude, I totally get food. So no judgment. But what I'm saying is, is that we, um, man, when we think about changing, we don't think about how can I go from, you know, eating three pizzas a week. <laughs> and I, man, I, uh, I feel like I need to defend myself. I'm not saying that I, I, I don't know how much pizza I was eating. <laughs> I don't know how many hamburgers and, and all this kind of junk, you know, I, I, I don't think I, I want to defend myself and say, I don't think it was ever that extreme, but, um, it wasn't good. I had a bad, bad diet. Um, and, uh, <laughs> what really, what kept happening when I would want to go to change as I would, I would think instead of eating all of this crap all the time. I will do the ideal diet. I will do the big, healthy protein uh, breakfast. The the you know lean meats lunch with the this and that, and then the low calorie supper uh, or dinner, and then no snacks until bed, and then do it all over again. And the problem is that that ideal is never going to happen. It was unrealistic for me, my life, my goals, my personality, my nature. And the reason why this diet has stuck for me is because I went with who I really am, what my real nature is, and I went for results and not idealisms. Is idealism a word? I don't know. But here's the thing. Here's what I noticed about me. Uh, I noticed that I get hungrier throughout the day. And, you know, willpower, your willpower diminishes throughout the day. And I'm not hungry for breakfast. And so instead of doing what all the experts tell, tell you to do, which is eat a big breakfast, don't eat anything before bed, I said, well, guess what? I can't do that. So I'm going to do the best version of what I can do. And so I eat a super small breakfast. I eat a pretty small lunch. I eat a decent sized dinner and I eat a decent sized snack every day. And, and I do that because I've, I was observant of my nature. I was observant of what I could do in reality. And I quit listening to the perfect way to do something. Because I didn't want to have a perfect diet. I just wanted a diet that worked for me. And the same goes for creative careers. There's not one way to have a great creative career. You know, one thing I'm sensitive to is that if you listen to this podcast, you think that I think that my way or the highway, that it's uh, that I know how to make this thing happen. If you try to do it any other way, you're totally wrong. That couldn't be further from the truth. The way that I approach this podcast and the way I approach teaching is I'm going to tell you about the way that I've done it. And this is one way of millions of ways to have a creative career, to have progress in your art and business. But there are millions, thousands, there are, there are plenty better ways to do it. I just don't know about those ways. And I can only speak into the ways that I know. And so 
You're, you don't have to do it like me. You don't have to do it like Sagmeister. You don't have to do it Draplin's way. You don't have to do it. There's no right way. If Massimo Vignelli can be a designer and so can David Carson, there's no right way to be a designer. There's, there's been so many times when the expert is on stage at a design conference or in a design talk or whatever, and, he's, and he or she is going on and on about, this is who I am, this is why I've got to where I've got. And you know, he might be uh, in a field that I wanna be in, and all I'm hearing is, this is nothing like me. I'm a fraud, I'm going the wrong way. I've, I, I should be doing something else because this person who's successful did it in a way that I could never do it. But the truth is, there's room in Hollywood for Steve Buscemi and Mindy Kaling. Those are good opposites, right? I feel like they're two different energies. Like the music world can hold Joanna Newsom and Slipknot. Like Slipknot's still around. People are going to those concerts. My, my uh, younger brother went to a Slipknot concert <laughs> uh, like, like uh, six months ago. Right? There's no right way. There's not just one way. And so first, I just want to say, breakfast, you suck. I hate you, breakfast. And I'm never going to, I'm never going to fall for you again. <laughs> I know there's going to be all these like uh, dietitian nutritionists coming out of the woodwork emailing me and saying, listen, you really do need to eat breakfast. And I'm going to say, you suck. I'm, not you, but breakfast. <laughs> I'm never going to eat breakfast. All right. And, and if I start eating breakfast again, I'll probably gain 60 pounds. I'm cool with results and it being the wrong way. It's totally fine. I went to the doctor and, and they were, they were loving it. They were, <laughs> they were loving the test results. Those are the best test results I ever had in my life. And I did it without you breakfast. Um, <laughs> so how do you do it? How does this actually look? What's the practical application? The practical application is there's only making stuff. There's only now. Get on it. Get working. Quit saying all the reasons why you don't have time right now. You don't have this right now. You don't have this resource. Things will be different in this time. Blah, blah, blah. All these different ways that you're putting off what needs to happen right now. You don't know how long you have on this earth. You don't know what you can accomplish right now if you do what uh, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk says, quit watching House of Cards, right? And make something. Quit saying all, there's always a billion reasons why today is not the right day. Tomorrow's the time to start the diet. Tim Ferriss says something that I love and he, and he, in reference to making his podcast happen, he said, what if this were easy? So if you're going to make a podcast, okay, you need a, a, you know, an audio studio, you need, you know, these $300 mics, these, this kind of, uh, Whatever, I don't even know because I didn't do it that way. I'll tell you how I started my podcast if you want to know. Walking on a bike trail, recording it onto my phone, onto my iPhone. That's how I started this podcast that's become a significant part of my existence. Probably the most, the biggest thing I've ever done in my creative career in a lot of ways. I started recording on my phone. Like, 
what if this were easy? Like how, meaning instead of thinking of all the reasons why you can't do anything, what's something you can do right now? Maybe it's a drawing on your coffee break every morning at your job that you can post to Instagram. Maybe that's all you can do. But you've got to start now. All right, number two is create margin. You need margin for error in your goals, in the way that you quote for jobs. You need margin. You need room for where life happens. Because if you create a calorie goal that says, if I stick at this calorie goal, exactly and never go over, then in two years, I will be exactly where I want to be. If your, if your calorie goal, <laughs> let's just pretend like this is a uh, diet podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I am not an authority on diet by any means. Uh, but if your calorie goal does not allow for any margin of error, you are not going to lose the weight that you want to lose. So when I created my calorie goal, the, one of the, this is one of the core things that led to this uh, working this time was I used to create a goal that was kind of in the middle of what I felt like I could do and then my ideal situation. And instead what I did that worked for me was I did the lowest calorie goal that, I, that was still perfectly healthy and it created this giant margin for error that said, if I mess up my calories, even on accident, if I don't, you know, if some restaurant heaps on too much cheese and throws off my calorie count by 30%, I will at worst maintain weight. I will probably still lose weight because I'm on the low side of the goal. And so I created this margin for error that says that if I hit my goal, I'm going to lose the, uh, the most weight that I can lose healthy, healthily in a day. And if I don't hit the goal, I might still lose weight. And I think it's incredibly important to create margin for error when it comes to creating your creative career, cr- creating your creative career goals, uh, <laughs> and, and for the way that you charge. So, if you're a freelancer, I'll tell you what this looks like. You know, I, I feel like all the times, all the time I'll be dealing with these people that they're thinking about, you know, where they want to be in their, in their work and, and the type of work they want to do. And they're thinking in this survival mindset. And the problem with surviving is that it's only one degree away from dying. Like that's what surviving means. Like, Surviving is much different than thriving, but we, our goals are so small and they're so like the margin for error. Like I need to make, let's say you think you need to make $40,000 a year to just barely get by and that'll be fine. And that'll be your, your freelance goal. You're not accounting for your car dying. And you're also not accounting for the fact that 
if you're going to be out on your own, that your taxes are higher, your insurance is higher, that you're not just a designer, illustrator, musician, filmmaker. You're not just that. If you're out on your own, you're also the admin, the marketing, the business development. Like you need so much, businesses need so much profit margin to keep all of the things working, to ebb and flow with the natural flux of life. And in that same way, when you, when you think about how much you want to charge, when you think about creating your goals, you need to think big enough. You need to think wide enough. You need to think broad enough to account for that kind of error. One thing I just want to speak to for a minute is your self-esteem, your self-worth, what you think your creative work is worth in this world. One of the one of the things that's like really really on my heart uh, is I, I don't want to talk about design and illustration and creativity like it's going to change the world. I don't need to go to that side of the spectrum. I don't need, but but I'm not going to flip to the other side of the spectrum that says it's totally meaningless. Here's my argument: is that in the world of commerce, progress. Uh, business, humans thriving, interacting with each other, working together, creativity and artwork has a major place and major value in that zone. A brand, a, a successfully executed brand that, that it uses the power of creativity can take a business from the bottom to the top. I really believe that. Even if you want to look on, look on um, you know, gaining traction online, like an image, I don't know what the data is exactly, but, a, but a, uh, an image versus a body of text is like infinitely more powerful in getting people's attention. And as things get noisier and noisier, and, and, and everything gets automated by robots, creativity is going to be a premium skill. And so if that's the skill that you're working on developing, you need to own the fact that it's incredibly powerful and it's worth charging appropriately for. And you need to, you need to cut out that craziness that is telling you, wait, that you're charging more than you need to survive. You should feel guilty. That's not how it works. That's not how business works. And what you're doing, if you're, if you're learning to be a powerful, creative person, this is an incredibly valuable skill and you need to charge appropriately. And so I just want to challenge you on that. I want to challenge you to charge what you're worth. And in some ways, more than what you're worth to create the margin so that you can thrive in the long term. Because I've seen too many people that do the bare minimum and they go out of business in a year because they can't keep it up because the difference between surviving and dying is just one degree. And so I'm just going to challenge you to think bigger in that way. I think that one of the ways this manifests that I've seen often is that we would go do uh, this event, this creative event, 
and it would do we would go to this creative event and every time we did it leading up to the event they were so nervous they'd never they'd never uh paid a creative person this much money to to put on an event uh they they'd never paid this much for creativity and they were always nervous and and you know double checking everything and on us about everything and asking us a billion questions and then we would do the event and they would be thrilled out of their minds they would be like seriously they would be like celebrating like we've never had a response like this to anything that we've ever done like this is going to put us on the map for this particular thing and thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and the whole time we're having to figure out man they're making us feel so guilty about charging them money for this thing but we've thought through it in every possible way and the only way that this really is worth it this is the price it's got to be for us and so we have to fight all of that guilt and all that, you know, self-doubt only to find that those people would then pay the exact same amount of money for the manual labor to clean it all up after the uh, event was over or pay the exact same amount of money for the catering from a standard, uh, you know, corporate food place <laughs> restaurant like our culture does not value creativity and the only way that you're going to get where you want to go is if you value it enough to create the margin you need to succeed what does this look like practically how do you actually apply this I had a friend I'm not gonna name just because, uh, I don't know, I don't want to incriminate. But they said this thing that was really powerful to me. They said that they'll charge uh, what they think they're worth, what they th think they need to thrive as a creative person in their business, for their business to work. And if they get four jobs in and three of them turn them down because the price is too high, the one that they do get... A, they'll actually have the margin to do properly. And B, will make up for losing those other jobs. And I think when you think about pricing and think about salary, you need to not use the Walmart model of the race to the bottom, as Seth Godin calls it. Like who can be the cheapest and that be your, your edge. If that's your edge in the creative world, you're not going to last. Because the cheapest can't thrive. And how does this look like in your goals? It looks like shoot high enough. You know that cheesy uh, phrase that if you shoot for the stars and land in the clouds, <laughs> you're better off than if you shoot for a puddle and make it? Like when you think about where you want to be in five years, Jim Kudal said of Kudal Partners, a design firm said that you need to create a goal that's big enough for who you're going to be in five years. You don't want to create a goal that's exactly where you wish you were right now. You want to create a goal big enough that you're going to grow into. And so you need to create that margin that says, here's where I want to go. This is my dream scenario. If I get 50% there in the next two years, I'll be thrilled.
you know, I consider myself an illustrator, really. Uh, you know, I, there's something about me that is at the core an illustrator. I love to take abstract things and make them not abstract. I like to take a body of text, you know, in a magazine that's just words, letters, uh, and make it into a picture that you can see and hold and interact with really easily. And in that same way, I like to do that with words where here's an abstract truth or an abstract concept in business, art, life, whatever, and here's an analogy that's really small, really easy to digest that gives that thing form so you can handle it, so you, so you can deal with it. I love it. I'm really purely an illustrator in that way, but probably the way that I'm most like a designer is I love the design process and I do it by my nature. It's just my nature to come up with the problem and come up with the solution, test it, gather the results, and then iterate. I'm such a massive fan of iterating. I love tweaking. I love testing these things and then looking at the results and then coming up with another solution and trying it all over again. So step four, guess, test, iterate, but never give up. This has been a cornerstone to everything in my life. In some ways, honestly, guys, let me get real talk with you. Uh, <laughs> As if, as if this podcast is like so guarded, um, and I and I'm never honest. Like I've told you, I have an eating problem. Like it's a, a real eating problem. Uh, but let me tell you the truth. Like I feel like I'm worse at everything than most people, and that's not a self worth thing. It's just my nature is ridiculous. I, you know, I'm crazy addicted. I'm super lazy. Like, I, like, <laughs> and I don't, and again, I don't need anybody to call me on the phone and be like, Andy, you're great. I don't know why you're so hard on yourself. No, I know. I am so lazy. I'm so miserable. And this is one thing when I keep, I keep meeting people and they're like, but you're the creative pep talk guy. Why are you miserable? <laughs> but I am. I'm so, I'm just, I'm such a bad human. The one thing that I think that I am good at is tricking myself, tricking myself for results, like finding a mindset that serves the results. And I'm tenacious about that. I'm so tenacious about that. And that has helped me do some things. And one of them that has really just been a cornerstone to everything I've done is this idea of guessing, making a guess, testing it out, and then iterating it trying all over again, trying to figure out what I learned, why it didn't work, and then doing it all over again. And so I feel like anytime I start out something, anytime I start a new job, anytime I start out uh, a new direction in my career, I feel like I always start off way worse than everybody else. The normal humans, when they start, <laughs> like everybody has the edge on me. But because of this approach of guest test and iterate, this kind of design process, scientific process, whatever you want to call it, because of that I'm always doing this over and over and over, I always end up in a decent place in lots of things that I try. And, um, and I think that when it comes to diet, this has been really effective. I've been trying to lose weight my whole adult life, and I'm 30 years old, 10 years at least, 
and I, I'd made progress at times, um, and then gone all the way back to the start. I, I tried a billion different approaches to diet, and I think that the one thing that's really important that you take away is that you don't give up. And I don't mean in a motivational speaker, don't quit, you can do it kind of way. Uh, you know, just as a side note, I am doing like a motivational talk. I am in a basement drinking coffee. I am essentially Matt Foley, but, but I don't, but I don't uh, mean to say don't quit in an empty way. I don't mean just, just keep going, just keep digging. Don't even worry about whether there's gold. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying be stupid and, and drive the same direction uh, looking for the sunrise when the sunrise is in the opposite direction. I don't mean that at all. What I mean is never stop gathering information, making your best guess on the next right move, the next right commitment for a season, creating work, making stuff. And I mean that like really like making stuff, not just thinking about making stuff, not talking about making stuff, make a bunch of stuff on the back of your latest best guess. See how it goes, see where you end up and then try it all over again. You know, if counting calories didn't work, try exercise. If running didn't work, try walking, try counting steps. It doesn't really matter. The name of the game is progress. So right now, actually, I'm, I'm at my ideal weight, the weight that I was going for, and I can feel myself kind of stagnating. And stagnating is death. Like they found that the key to happiness is progress. If you feel like you're making progress, you're happy. Like it's just a living thing, uh, thing. It's just a thing about a, being a living thing. So I'm, I was always like, uh, I think biology was probably my favorite class in school. I don't know if I realized it at the time, but I love biology. Uh, I loved all the frameworks and the ideas and how it was science, but it was also really smushy and, and uh, living and beautiful and all that good stuff. And I liked these rules that they came up with to decide whether a thing was living or not. Uh, and they're things like it's composed of cells. Uh, they use energy. They respond to their environment. They reproduced. And one of the things that decides whether it's alive or not is whether it grows. If a thing doesn't grow, it's not alive in terms of science, biology, and this is the ultimate rule for your creative career. Is it growing? Are you progressing? If you're not, stop what you're doing, come up with a new best guess, and just start making work on that path. And, and don't worry about whether it's getting you to where you want to be going. If you're making stuff, you're, you have forward motion. And I'm not saying just indefinitely dig, you know, and something good will happen. I'm saying, like, make your best guess, commit for a season, create an experiment 
that see that to see does this type of work this type of execution get me closer to where i want to go and as you get closer to where you want to go also be calculating taking in information is this a place that i want to go and when you get to the end of that commitment decide whether it was effective or not and then iterate your plan but don't give up that's the only thing you don't do and i'm so grateful that through all of the real real pain if i'm honest of trying to figure out a diet that works for me and a healthy relationship to food uh, i'm so glad that those moments when i was just so ready to throw in the towel and be like look i'm never going to sort this like it's just not who i am i'm always going to be overweight i'm always going to have this relationship with food i'm always i'm i'm never going to get i'm just not going to be one of the people that has the energy levels that i want to have that has the um the health that i want to have you know it's not where i come from my family's not like that like i've never been able to sort this your past does not have to be an indication of your future and so much of where you end up is about the mindset that you have and so throw off all the mindsets that are not getting you to where you want to go and start taking that action today starting to record so I'm sat here with my son Hugo and I'm just gonna end it here uh thanks guys for listening I hope that you got a lot from this episode and that you laugh at me being such a weirdo uh uh thanks for sharing the podcast thank you for the lovely notes that you send me by email thank you for all the Tons of reviews that have come through iTunes recently. Really, really appreciate that. I want to thank our syndicate, Illustration Age. You can find this show at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. Thanks to my man, Yoni Wolf, and the band Y for our theme music. That theme music makes me so happy. Thanks to Metavari uh, and Nate Utesh for the other tunes. If you haven't listened to Metavari, go check them out at soundcloud.com slash metavari. You're going to love it. It's really, really good music to create, too. And I'm not just saying that because he's a friend. I am such a massive fan. That's why I asked him if we could use the music on the podcast. It's great for zoning out and getting productive. Go check it out. Thanks for, for listening, uh, and I hope that uh, this has encouraged you to take it to the next level. And uh, one, one last thing. Stay put. Stay pepped up. Try it. Stay pepped up. Thanks, Hugo. Mm-hmm.